longtime listener, Julia Lamana, sent me a, a DM because as longtime listeners of You Killed It know, the DMs are open on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also just at us. Doesn't have to be secret. And Julia was telling us that, or telling me, that her boyfriend went to the same high school as us, Northern Secondary in Midtown Toronto. Depending on the year, the largest high school in Ontario. Sometimes not, sometimes is. And although he wasn't there with us at the same time, he told her to tell me to tell you, Dale, which is perhaps the most inside joke in the history of the You Killed It podcast. I'm John Chidley Hill. Uh, And I am Sheldon Alexander. And I would also like to say shouts to Dale. Great dude. <laughs> For those of you, the very many of you, the vast majority, the majority of our listeners. Yeah. The like 99.9% of the people <laughs> listening. Uh, Dale, Dale Callender, we, can, we will name him in full, is there's a youth counseling service. It's, he's not a guidance counselor. It is a separate, nonprofit, charitable organization that has an office at Northern Secondary that helps at-risk youth. And um, Dale is the longtime uh, counselor there. He's done incredible work. He's helped out a lot of people. Uh, some Northern facts is that um, shortly after Sheldon and I graduated, the student body president, they were elected like the elections were in the spring and when school resumed in fright on the fall, the student body president announced that they were transgendered and that they were going to begin transitioning. Okay. While they were student body president and Dale was I didn't know this. Yeah. Uh, her name is Jade and um, Dale helped Jade with her transitioning process. And like, if you think about it, like that's the most high profile student in the school of like 2500 and although it's a nice school it can be rough in the assemblies it's high school it's high school right so to have someone transition in such a public way and this was in like 2003 or 2004 like different times not know this yeah so shouts to dale and another fun dale fact is that he was on the kids of degrassi street which is he and his identical twin brother which is <laughs> the amazing. show that led to Degrassi Junior High and then Degrassi High and then Degrassi, which of course gave the world a young Aubrey Drake Graham. Just bringing it full circle. Just yeah, I mean, spitting I mean, facts. The, the crazy part too that's like so interesting was Dale was such a like ingrained part of that school. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was someone who, you know, everybody in the whole school knew who Dale was and would say what's up and, you know, walk by his office, say what's up and and talk to him. And he was involved in a bunch of different sports teams as well. So like, yeah, shouts to Dale. That's, that is actually the most perfect inside joke possible that you could say that to any generation of Northern person since Dale's been at the school Mm -hmm. and they're going to know right away and appreciate that. And, For sure. That's awesome. 
And it's funny. So Julia messaged me. I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but on Monday, Dale always posts old photos on Monday <laughs> and he posted a photo of me and my friend Wes McDonald. Uh, we had a Scottish pride club because we're both of Scottish descent. And there's also a photo of Sheldon on the baseball team with yes, Glenn. The at the Sky Dome. Is it? That's yeah, sick. That would have been after our semifinal win in the Ontario Championship. Uh, yeah, at the Sky Dome. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That was awesome, actually. That was like incredible but yes with the aforementioned glenn jackson who i don't was he in the picture too yeah glenn's in the picture i think so too that's amazing yes it was a team photo amazing who everyone's familiar with now after my long-winded soliloquy of some people want the smoke some people don't this is you killed it the podcast the challenge we just went long it it all comes no 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 it all comes full circle because leroy definitely wanted the smoke in this episode he did it all comes full circle i can do segues into anything that's how we roll here yes it is it is how we roll (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not folks when we have our lengthy sidebars we actually eventually sometimes occasionally arrive at the point which actually i'm going to bring it up now we have a very nice tweet from kate eden who said that the COVID segment of the january 14th podcast is so important and everyone should listen to it thank you very much for the kind words kate we really appreciate it that's very nice of you to say definitely appreciate that um let's actually talk about double agents though how do you feel about that I feel good about it. It was a great episode. It was, I was so happy with this episode. It might have been the best episode of the season. Yeah. Uh, you, won't, you won't get many arguments from me. I, I liked it from top to bottom because, you know, we started off obviously about Jay and Teresa and a lot of people talking about the moves that were made by them. And as one of our other listeners, Sarah, pointed out to me on Instagram, I think it was, she was talking about how Teresa's gameplay actually made sense, right? Because if she doesn't throw in Cam or Ashley, or if she didn't win and have the ability to save herself, then it was probably going to be her getting thrown in to the elimination because she was at the point where she had to pick sides, right? And because they were all coming at her, her best play was to throw in two strong people who definitely weren't on her side, right? Yes. The problem was Jay, for Jay, I mean, yeah. I don't know how that plan worked out for Jay at the time. And heading into this episode, definitely don't know how that plan worked for Jay at all. Because this whole episode was just Jay trying to save himself in conversations early on in the show. And I thought that, you know, Kyle and Corey were going at him early and poor Corey, man. Like his friend Nelson is gone. So he would have thought that his next friend Fessy would have his back, but his friend Fessy is the reason why Nelson is gone. And then Jay, his other friend in the house could have given him a heads up that he might be going in. He might be going into the elimination and he didn't do it. And this is after how many of Corey's partners have been gone from the show now. Right. So for Corey, and they're talking about how they're going at they're going at Jay. Jay, they made it very apparent that Jay has no more friends in this house at all. 
Do you think they're overreacting though? I guess it's no. right after they came back from the crater. So like temperatures yeah, are running a, high. No, because I think that what happens a lot on the show that we might not see, but we see it happen enough. And that is people getting a heads up that they're going in or people knowing that they're going into the elimination. And I think that that's all it would have taken for Corey to not really care or Kyle to not really care about it or anyone in the house to not really care. And the weird part for Jay is that he's the one spending a lot of time. Uh, he's the one spending a lot of time at the brunt of the, the people's anger, but really it was all Teresa's fault. That's, I think that's like, I, I should back up. I understand why Kyle and Corey were pissed. And I agree. I said it last week. Jay could have done more to give them a heads up, especially because yeah. Corey said that he asked Jay on the bus ride over to the crater. You're, Teresa's not going to be super pissed if you say on the bus. Like, it doesn't make a difference on the bus ride. Yeah, but just some form of a heads up. Can't be totally blindsided. You know, famously in 1983, the Toronto Maple Leafs had the first overall draft pick. And the Pittsburgh Penguins were supposed to draft second overall. And to help them plan for how they're going to draft, the Pittsburgh Penguins offered the Leafs one of five low-level prospects to, in exchange for the information of who the Leafs would pick first overall. And picking first overall, it doesn't matter. Like, you can announce it to the world. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And the Leafs, because they're still owned by Harold Ballard, who is an idiot and an asshole, refused to tell them even though it would cost <laughs> him nothing except getting a prospect who maybe would would have been okay like the list yeah. of prospects if i showed it to you you'd be like those guys amounted to nothing but like it's a it's, it's yeah. a free benefit mm -hmm. and this is the same mistake jay made he could have just said hey cory <laughs> 20 minutes like buckle up like yeah, yeah. um so I, I and right away, did you like Leroy's energy? Because I liked Leroy's energy when he was going at him, saying like, you know, Leroy was just like, you didn't say anything about putting Cam in. We're in the same room. Like you had ample opportunity. And again, there's levels of being mad or being upset. And you would have maybe taken it down a few notches for Leroy if you were just honest about him and, and told him, you know, from the get-go. But then Teresa comes in and she tries to like interrupt it. But like... Leroy doesn't care. He's like, doesn't matter. Both of you guys are going home and I'm making sure of it. And I like the way that he said that. I liked right? Leroy's confidence. I do feel throughout, not just this episode, but throughout this season, Cam and Leroy, Cam especially, they're a little too petty. Like if anyone looks at them too long, yeah. they flip mm -hmm. out. And it's, in my mind, not necessary, especially... To your point, yes, Jay for sure could have given him a heads up. And that was a misplay on Jay's part. However, it's very obvious who was behind the wheel of this scheme. And like Leroy's got to understand, like he doesn't love everything that Casey's doing. Like he's got to understand the dynamic. But look at the dynamic of Casey. Casey's pretty quiet. Casey's not loud about it. Even in this situation, Jay's talking back to him. Jay's not even really like... I don't think he played this right at all, but I do give Teresa some credit because she stepped in and did say it's on her. It's not on Jay, but I mean, 
I agree that Jade, he, he, I don't agree with, I agree with what Teresa's saying, but at the same time, like Jay should have just said something. Like, it's not like he had to, he had to agree with it. It's not like he just let Teresa do whatever she wanted when like, you have to know that it would have an effect on your game. So I don't know. It was a weird situation for sure. We're going to go on a ride with Teresa or as I'm going to call her often too much, Teresa. What did, what did, uh, Corey call her at the end of the episode i for totally forgot toxic T. toxic T. that's what it was toxic T. great call so uh i will say sorry there's one thing that we have to touch on because it, it's well i'm going to bring it up later for sure is that in confessional around this time teresa says jay like we just gotta keep a low profile <laughs> someone like i she's her exact quote was a day in the challenge house is a year and like you just got to keep a low profile and this will all blow over because someone they'll be mad at someone else later and Teresa is correct right we've seen CT do this we've seen Kyle do this we've seen Devin do this we've seen Fessy do this where they've pissed off the house this season and someone else comes along to piss off everyone else you just right. have to like after it happens you just gotta like do people's dishes and like stay in your buck and like stick to water when you're in the club that's all you gotta do you just gotta do it for like 48 hours and someone something else will happen just laying some track here you know what i'm saying and for the most part her biggest mistake isn't the fact that she like she would have laid low, except she had the conversation with CT who might've been the wrong person, right? Like she probably thought she could trust CT and that wasn't the case, but she had a conversation with CT where she talks about, you know, maybe we should start looking at Darrell and CT seems to agree, right? He's like, oh, okay, I could see that, but we don't really know. We just, I thought that was a throwaway conversation. Uh, as right? did I. Like, maybe not. So then we see this Fessy and Corey conversation where I didn't really get, but it must be setting us up for something coming up because Fessy's trying to, you know, he's talking about being shy and how some people might think it comes off as cocky or he, him thinking that he's too good for people just cause he's not socializing with all the other guys or anything, but really he's just really shy. And it's funny hearing Kyle and uh, Devin's responses to this or their views of this because they're like, dude, why are you even taking this guy in? Like he turned on you. He threw in your best friend in the house, blah, 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 blah. What, what do you think of this? What did you think of Fessy's confessions to uh, Corey? I applaud him for trying, but I'm with Devin and Kyle. You can't trust this guy. You can't trust someone who's crying, oh, I'm an introvert, I'm shy, when they have voluntarily been on three seasons of nationally syndicated <laughs> television and tried to be a tight end in the National Football League. Valid. You might be introverted by like the, compared to the company you keep, but in the, in the wide world of things, you are by definition an outgoing person. Like you can't, yeah. you can't say you're shy when you meet your girlfriend on Big Brother. Like you can't. Shouts to Haley, by the way. I, I forget who it was that messaged us that was like, 
absolutely nobody. And then, you know, the memes where it's like, absolutely nobody, then it'll be like, John, and then a picture of you like saying something. Yeah. So they tweeted at me saying, absolutely nobody, and then Sheldon. Shout out to Haley, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good call out, and I appreciate it so much. I was, I was but in this instance, it was brought up. So shout out to Haley, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't tagged in that meme. Whoever did that, amazing work. I'm all for it. I know I say the same things all the time. So like, do me next by all means. That's hilarious. I, I do it on purpose. I'm just glad that people are noticing. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's a diehard listener right there. Someone who is definitely part of the You Killed It fam. And that's why we do the podcast. <laughs> for the, the, the 2% of people that appreciate our foolish inside jokes, right? <laughs> uh, but I don't trust, if I'm Corey, I don't trust Fessy either. No. Because I don't care why you did what you did. I just care that you did what you did. <laughs> why you did it doesn't matter. The point is you still threw in our friend or my best friend while telling me that we're, we're boys. So whatever. Um, Devin, obviously in a, you know, a glimpse into what his thoughts are. He wants to get the big brother people out. He raised a really so, interesting point. Actually, when he said that he said that, he doesn't trust the big brother people he'll never trust anyone that was on big brother which if you think about it, like that's a that's a lot of people and bit, there, there's more coming much it's also a bit much perhaps why wouldn't you trust amber b how can you not trust amber b that's i i think he's forgotten that she was on big brother but he made <laughs> he made the argument and it's interesting that their entire show is based off of who can lie the best mm -hmm. essentially and so he can never trust them. And like, that's an interesting analysis. And like you and I have spoken in the past about how people from Big Brother are always bringing a Big Brother style game because Big Brother and the challenge seem so similar that yeah. you think it would work, but it doesn't really work. And I think Devin's really put his finger on the fact that yeah. that game is based off of lying. And there's certainly lying in the challenge but there's also a lot of trust and the really successful people on the show do have a circle that trusts them. So no, I, I definitely, I definitely get where you're coming from. Cause, and another part though, that's kind of funny is that's basically where the, the similarities between the two shows end. Because I think like this challenge is a perfect example of just how crazy the challenges on the challenge can be. Mm -hmm. when people actually try right <laughs> and that's kind of what made this challenge weird because in the setup this seemed incredible like this is going to be amazing and instead i mean it didn't really live up to the hype minus for what two heats two of the women's heats and you know the women were going at it like that was great it was really fun and it would have been awesome to see the dudes go at it but I think the big brother lying and scheming that you're referring to took place on the guy's side. And I'm kind of surprised that they didn't make that into the storyline. Like they never really told us like what the plan was. Cause clearly it was a plan for all the guys to just stay up there the whole time and get disqualified. But they never really told us that part or how it came about. I think it depends a lot on, I don't think everyone was in on it, but I think some of them, had no choice like Devin made the point 
like I looked to I forget who it was. He's like to my left is Fassi, to my right is Durrell. Like to your point about wanting the smoke, Devin correctly does not want the smoke in either <laughs> of those cases. I think Kyle was beside him and like he's not gonna try to eliminate Kyle, like they're buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so his choice is like gold gloves boxer Durrell, who's <laughs> like at least five times stronger than Devin. Like there's some of them where I'm like, okay. And like Michi, I don't know that he tried very hard, but like, like, I, I don't know how broad the conspiracy was, but I agree. I think there were some that were just like, nah, this is fine. Like we don't. And I mean, basically two teams, two teams really tried, right? Yeah. They came down to two teams, but you know, Leroy and Casey and then Jay and Teresa, but there's so much drama that goes on while they're up there because Teresa, to me, if you're going to come up with a plan like this, Teresa's plan is basically, first off, I don't know if this was by fluke, but she just happened to be in the heat with all the rookies. Yeah. Right. So she is trying to insinuate, maybe not so subtly, <laughs> right, that, you know, sometimes you got to you got to know when to play and you got to know when to not play. And so she's trying to get them all to drop off to allow her to win. Everyone is down with that plan except for Amber B. And they end up being the last two up there. And Amber stays up for a while before eventually falling. And so Teresa, that's how Teresa and, and Jay end up winning their heat, right? Casey and Leroy. Casey was up there for a while. And... Who was Casey up there with last? It was Casey and Nani. Nani, that's who it was. Yes, Nani put up a good fight, but she ends up falling off, and then that's how we have the two winners. But I want to talk about TJ, man. What did you think about TJ? TJ spiel, TJ speech. I loved it at the end of this challenge. I I agreed with him. At the end of the day, like I know TJ always puts in the like we gotta be competitive. Like this is like real shit but like realistically this is supposed to be an entertaining tv show and you know what's not entertaining is a bunch of dudes hanging on to a flying ball for like five minutes or however long they're up there right and like yeah like he singled out jay and leroy for trying because they really did like they both were actively trying to get Mm -hmm. each other off and that was apparent yeah but yeah, like I know it's it's you know him preaching for like competition in when really it's probably production being like guys like we're trying to film yeah. a TV show here. Mm-hmm. Totally. But I liked it. What do you think? I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I, I love the way that the setup. I always wonder how these things go down, right? Because obviously, how I always want to know how much of it is off the cuff or how much of it is is from a producer like what kind of leeway he has i love the leeway he has as a host in terms of being able to just call them out right and and you know when he sees fit but to say you know good job to the women the women held it down but the guys you guys bleeping sucked right and they did they didn't even try and you're so right about this being a tv show right and there's multiple reasons why they can't let that happen but if we stick to it from like the gameplay aspect I love the call out because it's telling them we're not going to allow you guys to do this. Yeah. Right. Like you guys think that you've outsmarted the game and whenever you think that you've outsmarted the game, we're going to remind you 
that you did not. And so, in the immortal words of uh, Roddy Piper, just when you think you've got the answers, I changed the questions. Hey, well played, well played. So Jay and Teresa end up losing by one second to Casey and Leroy. Again, basically because Amber tried. And I'm glad that she tried. And we find out later why she tried, because she basically got wind that there was talk of Teresa saying she might want to throw Darrell in. So think about this, right? If you hear that she's asking you to jump off, but on the other side, you're hearing, well, she's trying to throw in your partner. Like, why would you imagine the audacity of Teresa for then getting mad at Amber for not jumping off? That's yeah. kind of insane. It's so weird. Too but, much hey, Teresa. As mentioned, too much Teresa. I want to say, so uh, listener Lucas Wyatt tweeted us. I'm only going to read the first half of his okay. tweet because the second half will come later. He yeah. says, and I want your thoughts on this, the mm -hmm. scared gameplay in the daily challenges is ruining this season. Yeah. It's not. It it's hasn't not great. been good so far. Because there's been too many, too many uh, challenges so far where you can tell that teams are conflicted and they don't want to make waves. So in the same sense that Teresa was explaining, hey, a day in the challenge is like a year or whatever she said. Mm -hmm. People don't want to show that they're too good, right, in these daily challenges. And as Teresa said, you got to know when to win. You got to know when to lose. And people are just trying to, like, float by in the game which you could tell that they're trying to get them out of because even TJ, remember he mentioned, uh, he just threw it out there that the winner gets a skull. You get to the elimination, you win a skull, and just so that you know, we're halfway out of skulls. Trying to get them to realize, hey, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but you probably want to win so that you can go get a skull because you need a skull to win. So it's weird. And, and I think Lucas brings up a good point that it's definitely something production is worried about because again, we are here for the entertainment value. And if I think about it from a production standpoint, yo man, if I paid a bunch of money for a helicopter to come in for the day, do you know how much one of those costs? Yeah. <laughs> so if I paid for that for a day to come in, y'all better try. <laughs> Cause I need this, this episode to be fire. <laughs> right. So from a production standpoint, I totally get it. Absolutely. I also, I just noticed Lucas, who has tweeted us before, in his Twitter bio, among other things, says that he's a fan of the challenge and the You Killed It podcast. How cool is oh. that? Thank you, Lucas. That's, hey. That's very Hopefully nice. He's not talking about the other You Killed It podcast. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't, don't joking. mention them, Sheldon. So let's get to... <laughs> <laughs> so what what happened next nani telling or amber telling nani that Teresa's mad at her which we know is just spreading it around the house which leads to the liquor dome and gabby is such a perfect narrator for this part because she's brand new to the game but she sums it all up perfectly just that what you learn very quickly is when you do something at towards the rest of the house or you prove to be untrustworthy the house turns on you quickly we get all these shots of Jay, but mostly Teresa, just sitting by herself in the liquor dome. Nobody's talking to her at all. And, you know, shouts to Gabby because she actually goes over and talks to Teresa to explain what was going on. 
and saying, you know, well, you had a plan to get Darrell out, or at least that's what the talk was, and that's why Amber didn't, you know, follow the lead. And she says that's not true. And it's like, at this point, why would you lie about it? Right? Like, you know you said it, and of course it's come out. So lying about it doesn't do anything. But she says that's not the case. She's just trying to save her partner. But again, we know it comes out eventually, right? I like that when her and Amber are talking, I like that Amber didn't back down. And I also like that Amber didn't give out information. Yeah. Right? She didn't say, well, this person told me this. And I heard it from this person. So it must be true. Like none of that took place. And I thought that was really smart. I thought that was a really good gameplay move by her. That's like, you know what? I'm just going to let Teresa go off because she already has a target on her back. Let that target just grow because a bunch of people can just watch her get mad. And clearly she'd be getting mad because Amber didn't jump off, which is just baiting out Teresa's game even more. Right. And even after when Amber leaves a conversation and she goes to talk to Nani, Nani asks, what was that about? And she's like, oh, nothing. Yeah. She doesn't even get into it. Well, I like that. I like how Amber's playing. I like it a lot. And, you know, there's a phrase. It's actually from the Bible, believe it or not. Maybe our first biblical reference. But there's a line in it that this, says... This episode has been wild so far. Maybe we are all over the place. <laughs> we are clearly well-rested and recording what at an earlier on, time than normal. Um, what is going on? But there is a line in the Bible that says, the guilty flee where none pursue. And that's what's going on here. And that's a, that is a, forget your views on religion. That is a real good piece of advice to keep in mind. The guilty flee where none pursue. That's what Teresa's doing. That, that is a bar, as the kids would say. Yeah. Like that's just refer to a Bible scripture as a bar. That's, yeah, that's what happened. Let's just move on. Uh... <laughs> Are you saying that you got more rhymes than the Bible's got Psalms? Just a little house of pain, wrath. What, what is what is going on right now? <laughs> Jeez, we're officially off off the like. I can't even think now. Uh, what were we talking about here? We were oh, talking ter- about Teresa. Too Teresa. much Teresa. Toxic tea. Toxic like tea. It. Too much Teresa. Doing too um, much definitely doing too much she is definitely the winner of doing too much uh but also in the liquor dome we get Devin just stirring the pot and he goes up to fessy and in one of the greatest opening lines ever just we don't want you to win (laughs) just flat out that's his opener (laughs) then you know fessy's kind of like taken aback like what's going on here and then he turns to kyle and kyle's like you know what he's right we don't really want you to win (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was so funny and you know basically drawing the line in the sand right like it's them two and then Josh and Fessy and this leads to the house now which you just knew where this was going and I'd assume there's way more scenes like this that we just don't see oh yeah because going from the liquor dome to the main house everybody's drunk and you could tell Fessy had maybe a few more drinks after you know as a scene cut from the liquor dome to the the kitchen i was gonna ask is it just me or are people from big brother particularly bad at holding their booze i think that i think that you drink on big brother but i don't think you drink as excessively on big brother because the way that the show's set up especially with live feeds and stuff yeah they just have like a glass of wine with dinner like it's not 
Yeah. And I also think too, anything you do on big brother, once it starts, once you start even saying something that's kind of wild, a producer buzzes in over the loudspeaker and is like, blah, blah, blah. You can't say that. Like, even if you start singing or something, they're like, you can't do that because the live feeds are going at all times. Right. So I just think, again, it's another difference where you think the game is the same, but really it's not. So think about how in captivity they've been. And then you get to let loose in the club, the fake club. But then now you come back to the house and you're all, everyone's drunk. And so Fessy is yelling and he's yelling, which is not good. And I see the point that he's trying to make, but it's just a funny counter from the beginning of the episode when he's telling Corey, a lot of people think I'm cocky, but I'm really not cocky. I'm, I'm really shy. Fast forward, what, 20 minutes into the episode, and my guy's like, you don't want to see me down there. You don't want to see me down there. You don't want to see me down there. And he's calling people because I'm going to be, I, I would beat your bitch ass. I'd beat your bitch ass. Like, nope, that's not cocky at all, Fessy. Nope, not at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> right? So that was just funny. That was just hilarious to me. I thought the, I thought the whole scene was funny. Uh, to your point about this season in particular, you know, in other seasons, they go to the bar or club, which t- usually, more often than not, the producers book for the night. So it's just yeah, them yeah, yeah. And, and, like, staff. But then, you know, they get all drunk at the bar or club on previous seasons, and then they get on the buses and go back. So they've got 20, 30 minutes, whatever, yeah. to sell down. We've all been in a taxi or an Uber at the end of the night. Someone falls asleep. Someone gets their mind on food. People settle down in the taxi. You have no choice to settle down. But on this season, they're walking 100 feet, (laughs) right? So there's there's not that cool down time. And also... The Remy is definitely in the system still. (laughs) 100%. But also, this is Devin's strategy, right? Like, Devin knows... like. You're right, Fessy's being cocky, but Devin knows he can't beat Fessy in most competitions. So what can you do? You can rattle his cage till he either gets booted from the show or voted off the show in some way. And you know, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Like if you're in Devin's shoes, I think it works. And Kyle's sort of in the same boat and they're doing a good job of just like rattling Fessy and Josh's cages every chance it's they a get. great move because it's a great move because they both have skulls yes right? and so yes someone else can come in and try to get their skull but that's who knows how likely that scenario is right first off but secondly you know the one thing that was very weird and I actually wrote this down how is josh being the voice of reason here i wrote that this down too possibly, I'm like this can't possibly last <laughs> right but josh comes in and he's calming fessy down and he's being the peacekeeper removing fessy from the situation and as he takes them outside Devin proceeds to then moon <laughs> moon them outside which is just like okay i get what you're doing here Devin, but you're you're definitely doing too much as well like if Teresa won the doing too much award for this episode you are definitely a solid runner up <laughs> definitely maybe we should add that to the you killed it there should be a doing too much person the doing too i like it it has an appeal maybe? 
we'll what, put it to the people. We'll let the people decide. What I thought was interesting was at this point, you know, as Devin's mooning them through the glass, everyone's laughing. Like, Fessy's like calming to, and Fessy basically leaves. But Josh is laughing. Fessy's laughing. Like, there things for sure got heated, and security for sure had to step in there. But the spirits were like still pretty good at this point. Like, it was gonna be okay the next morning. Yeah. But then, no, definitely. Josh comes back. And is on the other side of the glass, and then I guess comes back into the kitchen, and Devin and Kyle say almost in unison, "Josh, you're not allowed to be here." And then my line of the episode, I'm saying it now, is, "Josh, you were mean to me," which is Devin trying to and like such a like childlike thing to say, and like obviously joking, but yeah. so perfect because that's first of all, Josh hates the idea of him being mean to people. Like that's not that doesn't jive with his self perception, but that's also yeah. exactly what Josh says when he's upset and drunk. Like you're so mean, right? Because he's as CT so, said, a giant man child. <laughs> well, here's a here's the thing to me that stood out about this part. Right? There's no reason for Josh to inject himself at this point. Right? He's removed Fessy from the situation. He had Good removed job, himself. Josh. He decided to come then back. Then he comes back for no reason, pretends as if he's going into the fridge to get something. Devin's like, Josh, go away. Or tells him to leave. Like, that's another chance for you to just leave and walk away. Especially because you know exactly what they're trying to do because you just told Fessy what they're trying to do. So then, if you know what they're trying to do, why would you then fall into their trap? That part makes no sense. But I thought it was hilarious. He then throws water at them. Kyle loses it. But the CT calming Kyle down was hilarious. I wrote this down because I just thought it was hilarious. Kyle says, quote, I just want to punch him. I just want to punch his face in. And CT says, well, we all do. But he's a man child. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> right? <laughs> to which then we cut to it. And then Kyle funnily funnily that's not a word but kyle right after is just like you know what i agree with ct <laughs> <laughs> and it's true everyone agrees with ct but it cuts then to devin and josh and josh does the fakest tough guy move ever where he's like i'm gonna count down i'm gonna count to three and if you're still in my face and he counts and then he pushes devin and we get devin in his confessional who says josh you're an idiot. I'm a layup. At least I own it. But you're a bigger layup than me. <laughs> and that's just Devin again. Like, Josh makes no sense at all. You just calm down Fessy by telling him, don't fall for it. They're trying to get you riled up. And then you allow them to get you riled up. Makes no sense at all. Which also leads to why I dislike Josh. Because I feel like he does this stuff on purpose. Right? Like, he went back on purpose to get into a fake fight with these guys. Yeah. Right? Knowing security would break it up. Knowing no one's actually fighting. And Casey, the next morning where everyone's having their sober realizations, Casey, you should be worried. Like, she's, she said, I don't know. I think I'm getting worried about my alliance. Like, yeah, you should because your alliance is emotionally unstable. <laughs> I wanted to, I want to just back it up one step to... Mm -hmm. Josh pushing Devin. 
first of all, at that point, before he does his countdown, he says, I'm on my last straw, just butchering the English language. And he does. I mean, maybe he had a straw in his back pocket. And maybe it was his last one. Who knows? Maybe he's th- thinking about the dolphins and doesn't want to waste straws. Who's to say? But he does the like Bart and Lisa Simpson. Like, I'm going to swing my arms like this. And if you get in my way. <laughs> and the ca- the countdown when he does like one, two, like such a kid move. And all I could think as Devin fell onto the couch was when Reggie Miller got headbutted by John Starks when the Pacers played the Knicks mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And he just like went flying like this. This was clearly embellishment, right? Like in the NHL, that's a penalty for embellishment, surely. Oh, yeah. Like and like credit to Devin. He sold it well, but he, you know, he put a little extra on it to make sure that uh, everyone saw. Mm-hmm. Uh for sure. You were saying, though, that the next morning we've got Casey saying to Fessy, like, boy, like, brother, settle down. What are you doing? And then we have Teresa and Jay and Amber B talking things over. And Teresa realizes that it was CT that threw them under the bus. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and sure. Jay, Jay is not impressed at all that too much Teresa has been spitting game without his knowledge. He had no idea about Teresa talking to CP, CP, CT, getting rid of, about getting rid of Durrell, which immediately leads to the deliberation. Well, well, hold on. The part I don't get about this, she's like, uh, Teresa's like, here's, here's the part I don't understand. Pardon me, right? You said it. So the yeah. fact that he spread it, who cares? The fact that he spread it, who cares? What he spread is what you said. <laughs> so whatever. But anyways, yeah, you're right. The deliberation was very interesting because it starts with Devin being like, sorry for everything that happened last night. And so if you want not say my name, though, that would be cool. And it's like, what? Like, what kind of apology was that? But they let that part slide because there was bigger things to get to. Jay says that he did not have a plan, which he didn't. But then Teresa calls out CT and CT in a straight vet move, right? Plays this perfectly. So Teresa calls him out saying, I had a conversation with CT where we both talked about putting Darrell in and CT plays this perfectly by just calling her a liar. He just put the focus back on her, which is a perfect play because he can sense the whole house is already against her anyways the whole house is already wanting to vote for her to get out of the the house anyways and so nobody trusts her so if you call someone a liar that nobody trusts guess what chances are they're gonna believe you that she's a liar right so they do the flashback and you see that ct does say Darrell's name but as he explains in his confessional you know sometimes you say to someone whatever they, you think they want to hear to their face, and then you do something else when they're not around. What do you think is the truth here? Do you think that CT was just saying that just to say it? Or 
do you think that in his mind he actually was thinking about getting Darrell out? Because as he himself said in the confessional, Darrell is a very tough competitor and has won every final he's been to. I think CT. I think it. I think it can be both. I think CT would love to see Darrell exit, but I think more than that, CT wants a skull himself. Okay. And I think CT's. I think CT is savvy enough, canny enough to play this game that he knows that he's in a position where if he can get himself a skull and then do nothing, people are going to leave him alone. Interesting. Okay. So I don't think I don't think CT is thinking in terms of I need to get rid of Durrell. Like I don't think that's his top priority, right? I think his okay. top priority is getting a skull. So I I believe him when he says that he was just going along with whatever Teresa was saying. And also, Teresa did say Durrell first. Like she introduced totally. the idea. Totally. And he was just like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like. Yeah, Darrell, and like was rolling with it. And in fairness to him, that quote where in confessional where he says, yeah, you know, Darrell won four times in a row. Darrell has won every final he's ever been in. We don't know in what context or when in the process of making the show he said that. We don't know if they asked him, like, why do you want Darrell gone or anything yeah. Like, we don't know why he said it or if he said it in the context of that argument in deliberations. Well, for starters, though, what we really don't know is, was CT the one that told Darrell and Amber, hey, this is what Teresa's plan is? They right? never... Like, that is that is possible. That is a possible scenario, right? Yeah, although it's in, it's interesting that we never saw him say that. For sure, for sure. Maybe maybe in upcoming episodes. Who knows? I'll also say, though, let's say CT did go to Amber and Darrell. Mm-hmm. Or, or to someone else and it just got back to them. It's a smart move by CT because by that point, when, sure. when Teresa's having that conversation with CT about Darrell, the house has already turned on her and Jay. So exactly. for CT to just pile on, it does him no harm because Teresa's exactly. in no position to help him. Exactly. None at all. Absolutely none. Um, so, yeah. When it becomes apparent that the vote is going to go against Jay and Teresa, it came up that Leroy might want to go in against him. And I like I liked at the time where his head's at, right? But mm-hmm. he mentioned if he didn't go in, he was thinking of putting in Nam, or Nam, pardon me, which I think was a good neutral pick, but I also didn't realize that Nam and Jay, or maybe I forgot because we don't really get many like conversations between those two, but you know, they're boys. So we get to the actual, what is it called? The, the crater. I was going to say the eliminator for some reason. Like, is that American gladiator? That's American gladiators. <laughs> Amazing. Same difference. But, we get there and TJ has his second great moment in this where he gives his whole spiel. And then he, he says, you know what? I told all you guys that you need to try. And he announces that all the guys that didn't try your vote doesn't count. Mm -hmm. That is massive. That's a huge, huge twist. And 
it just a reminder again you can't outsmart the game the vote was still for Teresa and Jay which I'm gonna big up the production team for this move even more because you make this grandstand right in front of everyone being like hey guys like I can just change the rules at any point <laughs> right I can just make up whatever and just go with that and that's what it's gonna be you also tell them we need you to try because all the reasons that we talked about earlier on, but also you scare them and you were talking about good television. That was great television going to break because it puts some hesitation in terms of wait, some doubt who's actually going in, how many votes were cast, how many, you know what I mean? Well, and but most importantly, from a production standpoint, sorry, yeah. From a production standpoint, you don't actually interfere with the outcome of what's going on. You get your point across, but you don't interfere with what was actually going to happen anyways. I think it was a great call. And I bet you, like, shouts to whoever it was on the production team that realized and said, hey, what if we just say, if you didn't try, your votes don't count? And so that way, these guys are still going to go in anyways but it'll be great drama. Shout out to that person. I've got, I wanna add on two thoughts to that because I agree with everything you just said, but I bet what happened was production was like going over the dailies, like going over mm -hmm. like the video and just being like, God damn it, like this sucks. How can we fix this? And I bet someone's like, you know, if we remove all the guys that didn't try, the vote stays the same. Right, like I bet they they thought of it sort of as they were complaining in the editor's booth. Totally. The other thing that I think is significant is that we, the viewers, know that the outcome of the vote didn't change. Leroy and Casey know that the outcome of the vote didn't change. Everyone else, though, they don't know if, yeah. like, for all they know, Devin uh, was supposed to go in. Devin and Gabby were supposed to go in. But that because of all those votes that were eliminated, it swung back to uh, Jay and Teresa for all they know. They don't like yeah. they don't know one way or the other unless Leroy and totally. Casey tell everyone. And maybe they did, but they might they, they yeah. might be under the impression that eliminating those votes actually changed the outcome of things, which is interesting. Totally. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, yeah, as mentioned, it ends up being Jay and Teresa. And finally, finally, someone who has won a challenge actually want, wanted the smoke. Leroy decides, I'm going in. I want to do this. He also got a chance. Obviously, when you walk in, you see what the, the, the final elimination is going to be. And he sees it's something that he's very confident that he can win, which to me is an even bolder call because you know that Jay is going to be good at this, no? Yeah, I think the assumption would be Jay would be pretty good at this because the heavier you are, the more difficult it would be, right? Well, and, it's, and Jay's a pretty strong guy. It's Fire Escape, which they've seen before. This is mm -hmm. uh, the competition where Natalie eliminated Ashley Smashley in the very first episode. Yeah, and it's it's a climbing thing, which is Jay's specialty. Yeah, and like the fact that we just saw Jay in the daily competition like hang in there against Leroy in something that had to do with ropes and climbing. So, you know, they both, they timed out, but you know, this is a, you're right. This is a competition that you think certainly Jay would not 
be at a disadvantage. Exactly. Exactly. So I wonder how much, or even if Leroy hesitated at all once he saw the challenge, but then, I mean, there's not much to really go over because the edit made it seem like it was way longer than it actually was. But TJ told us it only, it lasted under a minute. Yeah. And which is incredible. But when you see how fast Leroy was going, it's like, dude, did you train and do this? Like, how were you that good at that? And cause we know Leroy's strong, right? Like we know Leroy, he's always comes into the challenge in great shape. He is always in good physical shape. That challenge though, you could trick some people who think they're in shape yeah. into thinking that they would be good at that challenge. Cause I think that's a special kind of like, that's a different kind of core strength that you have to have an upper body strength to do that, to pull that off and to pull it off at that speed. Yo, Leroy, that was just beast. Like I was so hyped watching him go on that. I was like, Holy shit. That was incredible. Incredible performance. It was very, very impressive. And TJ said it to Jay. He said, Jay, like, you just lost to seemingly the fastest man on earth at doing this. Like, <laughs> like there's, like, no disrespect to Jay. But, like, I don't, it would not have been physically possible to go faster than Leroy did. So the crazy part was Leroy on the first leg was going so fast and i was like holy shit like he's killing this and then on the way back he was even faster yeah like he (laughs) jay he and jay were like neck and neck and then he pulled away when they turned around which brings me to the second half of lucas wyatt's tweet where he said leroy had one of the most impressive elimination wins in the history of the challenge he was as fast as sonic the hedgehog in that elimination (laughs) That was really good, man. And it was really cool because, you know, people who are new to this to this show, Leroy is probably one of the, like, nicest people on this show. And, yeah. like, well-respected people on this show. I'm sure I've told this story before, but I bumped into Leroy at a club in Toronto when the NBA All-Star game was in town. And it was so funny because my, my reaction was like, Roy Lee? Like, I was just stunned. I was just, like, <laughs> so random, right? I was like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, hey, how you doing? He was super nice. Like, super nice guy. I'm, like, big fan of the challenge. Like, he was really, really cool. Um, but my point of bringing that up, other than the humble brag of actually meeting Leroy. I see what you Leroy, did there. Was, hey, I call, I call myself out. There's no there's no hidden agendas here. But the reason I bring that up other than the humble brag is just to say for someone who is so well liked by I would assume most challengers and most fans of the show, it was really cool to hear him describe that as being his best moment in his 12 years or 12 seasons doing the show. And you were right last week. He because he mentioned it here, this is his last time doing it. Yep. Right? He's not coming back after this season. So that was really cool for him to have that moment. He described it as the best moment he's had, just hearing everybody scream for him. I mean, including his girlfriend. I feel like that's got to give you a little extra juice as well. Your girl hyping you up as you dominate. And even before Leroy started, remember like while they're doing like the the confessionals before they start the event, he's walking by himself and he's like, he don't want it. He don't want it. You want it. You want it. And he's like hitting himself in the head. I was like, yeah, Leroy, let's go. I was getting fired up. I, I loved it. I loved everything about that, man. I loved it. 
Yeah, it was great. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. He's my MVP of the episode. Like he's, yeah. he's got to be, I assume he is for you too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Leroy has to be the MVP of this episode. He definitely killed it from top to bottom. Remember, the episode started with Leroy telling Jay, listen, man, you blindsided us. You threw my girl in for no reason. And all you had to do was just tell us. But instead, y'all lied. And you could have given me the heads up. I'm going to make sure you go home. And by the end of the episode, that's exactly what he did. And to tie things back up to make it seem like it's not random, we're talking about Northern Secondary School. We're talking about my man, Glenn Jackson. Leroy pulled a Glenn Jackson and told, told us all exactly what he was going to do and then went out and did it. Clutch performance from Leroy. I do want to say I feel bad for Jay because Darrell, Darrell says it in the confessional. This, was, this is on Teresa. This is Teresa's fault. I mean, we already talked about it. Jay did not play his cards right, but he yeah. is definitely second fiddle in this situation. He got punished for what Teresa did. And honestly, you know, earlier in the episode, I said I wanted to emphasize the fact that Teresa told Jay, you got to just keep a low profile. We've pissed off the house. We have to keep a low profile. It'll blow over. Jay kept a low profile. He did. By and large. He he competed hard in the daily competition, but no one can begrudge him that. Like there's you can't get mad at someone for trying. No. Right? Definitely not. So that still falls under low profile. Because like that's easy to explain to anyone. And like, oh, you tried? Like, yes, that's why I'm here. But Teresa just kept pouring kerosene on the fire. Right. She tried to get all the rookies to throw the competition in her favor. She was lobbying against Darrell to CT and CT apparently threw her under the bus. She caused the scene in the liquor dome. She caused the scene in deliberations. Like she she was the one that didn't keep a low profile. I'm not I'm not saying things would have been different if she kept her mouth shut, but they might have been. Like she guaranteed, she basically guaranteed that they're going in. If she had been more like Jay and like kept a low profile for the next 24, 48 hours, they might've gotten away with it. But she, she just too much Teresa. She could not leave well enough alone. And now she's partnered with Corey who has the curse where all of his partners go home and like I was gonna say I feel bad for Corey like I hope that you know he doesn't go home now because he's partnered with Teresa but we'll see who is the worst partner is it Corey who has the worst partner vibes is it Corey or is it Teresa well we're about to find out toxic tea I assume that next week it's gonna be uh women's elimination I hey, assume you know Teresa's I'm going in I'm still waiting for the week and maybe next week's the week where they're gonna all think that it's gonna be one side going in it's gonna be a guy's elimination and that's how they're gonna treat the whole week you know set it all up thinking that they're getting the matchup they want and then they're gonna get down there and production's gonna flip it and be like nope sorry women's elimination i'm waiting for that week to happen and seeing what tj did today at the elimination just proves to me that my theory is correct and it's gonna happen at some point you know what they could also do 
they could do a competition where both partners are competing. So it's partners yes. against partners. Yes, Whoever, double elimination. Yeah, double elimination, right? Send a man and woman Definitely. home. That, that could happen, which would That's not be, be awesome. that would not help. There's a lot of partners that are not actually on the same side. Right. So no, that, that'll be awesome. That will be a lot of fun. Either way, great, great episode. I enjoyed it a lot. And huge shouts to Roy Lee. Uh, what was your line of the episode? I'm not sure you said it. Oh, my line of the episode was early on and it was Darrell. Um, it was when they first got to uh, when they first got to the challenge and they find out what exactly that well they think they know what the challenge is they show up they see what's going on and then they get the confessional and Darrell says everyone knows i'm afraid of heights we get here and i didn't see any crane so i thought we were good then a motherfucking chopper shows up no sorry i messed up the line he says then a motherfucking helicopter pull up <laughs> i thought that was awesome motherfucking helicopter pull up that's my line of the episode very, very good. As I said, I liked <laughs> Josh. You were mean to me. That the whole scene. I mean, I know that Devin's my boy and I love him, but like I found that whole scene really enjoyable because I've matured some. But when I was playing a lot of competitive sports, I was definitely the shit talker trying okay. to distract people from their game plan by just getting under their skin. So I see where Devin's coming from. And he's like, he's funny as he's doing it. He was annoyed. Yeah. He was annoying the first time with Josh, but this time it was funny. He like went right up to the annoying line, stayed on the side of funny. And I loved it. So I liked sure. that whole scene. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And huge shouts to all the people liking and subscribing to the pod wherever you're listening to it. We appreciate you. Shouts to the people in the comments. Continue to send us your thoughts on what's going on this season. We really appreciate it. We always read it, we always see it. And I'm scatterbrained, so I apologize if I don't mention a message on the podcast, but I guarantee you that I see it. I'm just scatterbrained sometimes, so I forget. And always remember the valuable lesson. You know shit's about to go down when a motherfucking helicopter pull up. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because there's two tweets. The helicopter? Or... No, no, the tweets. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. There's, there's two tweets uh, that we got about last week's episode that I didn't get to uh, okay. talk about. Uh, Papa Minnow, friend of the okay. show, yep. said... Yep. Said of our discussion about Fessy and Gabby, you guys brought up some oh. great points, and I agree with them, but I also feel persistence has helped Fessy. The more he of chases, course. the more Gabby's walls start to erode. I actually think his game is working more than the edits give him credit for. And, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And then Eric, I say his name that way because he has a question mark at the end of his name, says... Okay. Two observations from this week's challenge. One, did you notice Kyle and Corey celebrating in the background when TJ let them off the hook in the crater? Hilarious. Two, if you watch the previews for next week, he said, I think that he is going to be back on Fessy and not Jay. Unfortunately, Eric didn't really turn out that way because he was on Jay 
although a little bit on Fessy. I understand, Eric, why you felt that way, but I get. I also my phone's recharging right now, so I can't read all the DMs uh, on Instagram. But thank you to everyone who yeah. gets at us. We do read them. I try to reply. It's been a busy week for me, uh, work-wise. But if you want to message me and or Sheldon, you can tweet at me or find me on Instagram at Hill. Again, shout out to our guy, Dale Callender. Dale? Yes. <laughs> and until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it. My voice is finally coming back.